Hello there and a very warm welcome to Wade In. Barry Orr standing in for Vanessa Royal, who's away in the Czech Republic. Well, winging her way back from the Czech Republic. Quick check in with the lads before we kick off. TC, good weekend? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, good day of rugby yesterday. But uh, Highlight. racing on Saturday, but we'll come on to that shortly. Highlight from a punter point of view for you? Uh, I was with um, Portugal last night on various markets, so... Um, Very good. They I, just scraped on by a point. I didn't get stuck into laying Fiji at 104-103 pre-match, unfortunately. But yeah, it was a cracking match. And uh, yeah, not too bad. I, I was um, I was writing my column, uh, anti, my first anti-post column of the day, uh, yesterday of the week. And um, it just occurred to me, Vanessa's always jet-setting everywhere. And uh, I spoke to my two boys. They're both in Vegas and I'm sitting in my box room, as Vanessa says, so... As I said in my column, where has it all gone wrong? Yeah. There's a big um, uh, betting convention in Vegas this yeah. week, sure. Yeah, Brendan, uh, you're suffering with a bit of a flu. You didn't make it to the car on Saturday. I, well, I mean, it's it's not a flu. It's just a lingering cold, but a terrible thing to be betrayed by your body, Barry. So yeah, no, I, I still probably should have made it. I should have made it to the to the, to the car on Saturday. Poor show. My status as a friend of Leinster Racing is in some jeopardy. And Kev, you're looking to get some of that Bin Laden money this week over in Newmarket. Oh, <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Whoever puts their hand up, I don't mind. <laughs> Happy days. Well, let's kick straight off into the weekend review. Brendan, I, I, I really wanted you to be in the curve because I saw Illinois, uh, named after the great prairie state, as you know. Uh, oh, yes. he, looked a, he looked a proper uh, racehorse on Saturday, albeit the time was a bit slow, but you're saying the ground was a bit soft. What did you make of him? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they did look taxing conditions uh, in, in the car on Saturday. Um, I, I mean, I saw the uh, parade ring shots on the on the on the RUK uh, feed. Um, he looked a bit of a unit. He didn't just look a, a tall horse. He looked to have plenty of strength behind the saddle. But it is hard to tell. And, and it's, it, it's even more of a bluff job uh, watching on the laptop. Um, but a, a really impressive performance. He obviously has the pedigree, half brother to Dane Dream, full brother to Venice Beach, who ran in the Derby. Didn't run that that well, I'll just say, but was a talented horse. Uh, really strong stay in performance. Probably was in the right place. He was pretty bright for, from the gates, unlike the, the runner-up soul of Spain. I thought that he ran a very eye-catching race, actually, um, but by Phoenix of Spain. Seemed to have loads of speed, made a, made a huge move to get into the race and ultimately wasn't able to sustain it against a strong stayer in Illinois. I have a feeling that that's, I mean, it's a back-end current maiden, no shock that it, it's it's going to work out decent form. But I think both the first and the second are exciting horses. I, I, I would say um, the, the soul of Spain is more of a, a miler than a middle distance prospect. But Illinois, you'd, ha you'd have to be thinking about the derby and a 20 to 1 quote seems, I, I wouldn't back it or anything, but I, I wouldn't be going any bigger at the same time, given his pedigree and uh, how sparkling that debut was. Yeah, I know. I know. I take the piss out of this, Brendan. But and a lot of people do make judgments from you know horses confirmation and the well-being from the TV. Surely you can't do it from the box, can you? Well, I mean, you can you can get some sort of of a sense. He did just just look to be quite quite strong behind the saddle, but yeah, it, it's definitely harder on on the telly. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he got introduced into the Derby betting Kev at twenty to one. Joseph trained the second and the third. Um, is there any sort of word on them as how good a race they thought it was? Oh yeah, two nice horses now. They both should have no problem winning the maiden, and um, you know more so next year it will hopefully drive on and be stakes horses. So 
Um, yeah, I'd say the winner is 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 quite a smart horse. Um, for all that you're right to say, like time didn't stack up super well, but you're not going to knock him too much. Um, you know, first time at school and background, etc. BC and Spiral on the Grade One action, obviously winning the Sun Chariot in Newmarket. You had your no doubt had the Frankie de Tory bunting up, hoping for him to ride his 500 winner at, at Newmarket, um, in the Sun Chariot, and he delivered for you impressively. Yeah. With her, um, yeah, she gets um, a quote of three to one. She's three to one joint favorite now for the Breeders' Cup fillies and mares, and she's in the um, she's also in the QE two. She's a six to one chance. What'd you make of her? Yeah, I I thought that was probably a career best. To be perfectly honest with you, I was I was massively impressed by her. Uh, I wasn't anti her as such. Um, I certainly wasn't going to be laying her even money because everyone knew she had the form to win that, but. Now she's beating a horse coming in the on the back of two Group One wins, rated 117. Beat it by the best part of four lengths. You had improvers back in third and fourth. Yeah, I was wildly impressed, and, and we've seen she can back up very, very quickly after that. You know what what appeared to be a lung buster in on bare ground at Goodwood, coming back to win in France not long after, and if she's turned out again at Ascot in a couple of weeks' time, you know she'll give Paddington plenty of. Plenty of problems, won't she? In fact, she'll go a favourite. I'm sure she'll go a favourite there. And mm. if she returns mm. to that kind of form, I think she'll win. Um, okay, Kev. Massively impressed by that. Kev, you don't think uh, she'd serve it up to Paddington even on a bit of better ground? Oh no, I was more so. I was more so that it was the market. Um, would she go a favourite against Paddington? No, big close run thing probably. And Tahira um, as well. No, Jesus, yeah. Christ, yeah, that'd be grand, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice, oh, yeah. nice race to finish off uh, the season. What the would they be fixed, Kev, in terms of going to the Breeders' Cup then? Do, do they need quarantine or anything for that going to the States, or is it just no, straight there, in? There's no, there's no quarantine, but it's just where you'd ask them to do it or not is the next thing. America, America's really easy to um, to to run off the plane compared to um, the likes of Australia. Their, um, all their hurdles. Um, America's pretty straightforward. So if you wanted to do it, you could do it, but it's where it was kind of too tight to turn around is the next thing. Um, especially if the ground ends up being soft, which who knows? I think there's a lot of rain coming in here later in the week. And Tony's probably Wait. more over it than me, but yeah. Scotland's underwater at the moment. I think it's coming here uh, Friday, Saturday, I think. Right, okay. Were you suitably impressed with her? Yeah, yeah, she was really good in fairness. Like again, like she she's not an easy ride, like she's she's um like she's got beat a few times that she, that she shouldn't have got beaten. Watching the race, um, I was saying to myself, "Oh, Lordy, Frankie's doing it again," as in kind of moving too early. Um, like she was in front a long way out, and I know um the pace of the race maybe didn't make that as detrimental uh, as it would often would, but um he moved early, but she just kept rolling. And the second was probably ridden with a bit too much, um, a bit too much confidence, patience. I know that's the way she's ridden, but um, ah, look, she's very good. She's very good. She's um, she's frustrated me a few times in the past. She's not always the easiest to work out, but in fairness to her, um, you know, whatever it is, four out of five times she's run this year, she's gone and done it. So um, we can't knock her too much. And um, yeah, she's just a very, very good filly. Yeah, I just, I just, I just clocked in spirals eights. I mean, obviously, if she gets declared for that, she's going to actually plummet in price. And I've just seen Nashua's in there as well. Well, you over a mile. That could be some mm -hmm. race that QE two. 
well, it, it could be, and it's interesting that he mentioned, like, we know the G likes to roll the big dice, but this would really be rolling it, given the turnaround, and particularly what happened last year. I mean, she ran just deplorably in the, in the QE2 last year. She came out of the stalls and just hung like a gate all the way up the straight. I would I would be inclined to say she's odds against to run in the QE2, despite the noises they're making. I'd say they look more at the Breeders' Cup mile, uh, and they, they have Nashua for the Phillies and Miles. So, I mean, in Spiral, it'd be fine over nine furlongs. And uh, given that she's inclined to miss the break, you you, you might say the, the nine furlongs gives you a bit of insurance. Although she was very good on that score on Saturday. I mean, this was probably, as you said, a career best. It was maybe her most professional performance. I thought she settled very well. She has been settling better in her races this year. I mean, what a filly she is. I know she got beaten the Falmouth and... Um, the, 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 she, she, she has run bad races such as the QE2 and the Sussex this year, but it's some body of work, five group ones. I mean, I mean, I mean she, she, she's just a, she's just a proper mare. And uh, I, I think she'd be a huge runner because the Breeders' Cup mile, if Tahira and Paddington go for the QE2, as looks to be the case, I mean, Tahira is probably staying in train and next year would well want to send her to the Breeders' Cup mile. I doubt it. Paddington, quick ground, Aiden, well, he likes to roll the big dice as well. I maybe not Paddington for that. So, um, I, I, I think when, when Kinross is the standard setter, albeit Kinross will run a huge race and take plenty of beating. I think in Spiral, it'd be a pretty good fab for a Breeders' Cup mile. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Kev, back to you. You're not at the weekend. Emma Ratliana won um, at a decent price as well. Returned five to two. TC, you put it up as well on 8 a.m. briefing, didn't you? Did you give it a good shake? Yeah, sure. I couldn't work out why, uh, why he was. Um... Was so weak in the market. I mean, he actually mm. did four point two pre-race, which, given obviously his his back class Group One winner, you know, it wasn't that long ago he was second in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Um, yeah, very very weak in the market. I'm not sure what he what he achieved for all the market weakness because he he just ran up to his his level there. But yeah, a very decisive victory, and um, I don't know where they're going to go. But you'd think uh, America must be on the cards again now. Yeah, like you say, second in it last year in Keeneland. Um, a 16 to 1 chance was introduced for that, Kev. That's his first win since uh, the Betfair Spring Cup back a couple of years ago. Well, did it well. He did, yeah. And sure, look at he's probably not quite the horse he was, but he's good enough to win races like this, you know. So um, you'd imagine a box around and, you know, group trees listed races if they can and have the odd crack at a big one, but. I think, you know, can he win another group one? I think he'd be brave enough to say it. But um, look, went really well at the Breeders' Cup last year. It'd be a slightly shorter trip this year, I'm pretty sure, in the race um, if they were to do that. But um, yeah, sure, why not? You know, he was good here, good and strong at the finish. I like him over five, a stiff five, especially. Um, not looking stiff, but the five um, at Santa Anita. But um, yeah, it was great to see him back, back, in, um, back, in, back to winning ways. DC staying in Ascot, Rohan won on Friday, is 20 from 33 for the champion sprint. Um, was it just a little bit more than draw bias there on Friday? Uh, well, he's down to a mark of 102, wasn't he? Uh, but he was remarkably strong in the market. Um, the draw bias, again, played at uh, Ascot. You know, you just, a high tour is obviously worth his weight in gold there. But yeah, I mean, that was his fifth win from nine starts at Ascot. Actually, go back and have a look at the champion sprint. He obviously has got to improve a bit, you know, if the likes of King Ross turned up. But go and have a look at the race last year. And he actually won his race on the far side, uh, King Ross, 
dotted up in the middle, but he won his race on the far side. But given the course form, given the fact he's in form, yeah, 20s is probably a fair price. Okay. Uh, Brendan, the 1,000 guineas content win on um, Saturday in the Curry. He's 33 from 100. For the, or she is for the 1,000 guineas. Had a bet for SP at 34.9. Mm. Do you see her being anywhere up in the pecking order in Ballydoyle? Would not, not, not really. I mean, I suppose it, just another in the litany of shout outs, Dave. That was her sixth run since June. I mean, interestingly, she did go off fab to beat Kitty Rose for that listed race that kicks off Irish Champions weekend. But since then, she's blown out in the well stakes. Not a bother on aid, but we'll just run her again at the weekend. And she goes and and, and, and does the business. So uh, clearly a, a hardy filly. But I would I would say limited. Just a shout out to the second Kitty Rose. I'm not sure what happened with her. Um, she did she did get a bit of a flyer from from the gates, but she's been quite well relaxed in her races in, in her two wins so far. But she was just far too keen in front on on taxi ground. I thought she did remarkably well to hang in for as long as she did to finish second. Uh, she's better than than than, than that form would suggest. And if, if either of them are Kitty's prospects, I would suggest it's Kitty Rose. Yeah, she'll win plenty of she's, races. I, I don't know if she stayed, Brennan. I, I, well, she didn't give herself a chance I, to stay with the... With yeah. The like, I, ju- I just wonder, my... my uh, a video I really like, my thought was maybe she's just going to be a sprinter. Um, yeah. Maybe she's, she's just going to be a sprinter. That, that was my thought. I, I could be wrong now, but that, that was the way I read it. If you just look at that race in isolation, though, you just think, well, given the way that Aiden's two-year-olds kind of like progress for racing, obviously opera singers that a classic example in isolation that content win just i don't know a bit of a homecoming queen about her plenty of starts at two fire it up for the guineas yeah um, I mean, like it's five lengths she turned around like she's beaten two and a half lengths in leopardstown by kitty rose and beats her two and a half lengths on saturday yeah, I just yeah think the two the two of them were just ridden totally different i suppose to what they were at leopardstown and the, you know slightly different demands course and distance wise so you know it's not it's not Bananas that are turned around. It's not unexplainable, but it is a big old turnaround. TC, Nations Pride in the States last night. Yeah. Um, obviously, well, I thought just watching the video this morning, Royal Champion, I thought, had it in the bag, and Nations Pride did really well to pick it, uh, to pick that one up. I, I thought they should have rolled the dice and, and gone for the for the art. I mean, they wouldn't have won, obviously, but um, yeah, it's obviously a very good horse. I imagine they'll be looking some of the Breeders' Cup for that now, won't they? And it was just a very welcome, you know, Grade One, Group One win for for Appleby and Godolphin because they've had a pretty uh, miserable season. I mean, great strike rate for Appleby all season, but you know, just haven't done it at the top table since uh, modern games in the Lockinge. Uh, obviously, they had more, Godolphin had Moors win the Thousand Guineas, so it hasn't all been doom and gloom, but. Yeah, it was a much-needed winner. And just looking at the other races on the card this morning, I just saw Fev Rover won the EP yeah. Taylor Stakes. I remember mm-hmm. that kind of like... Um, I think you, Taylor, had a... Had a had That's a, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. There. And I think they sold it just... Well, I not, don't think I sold it. I, I know they They sold it for 695 grand in November 2021. And you just think... Oh, the form over here, you just think it's plateaued. Then it goes over to America... Uh, and Canada and wins all these kind of massive races. No wonder why, you know, all the horses are being sold to Australia, America and stuff like that when seemingly low hundred horses, maybe 110 horses can go over there and win absolute fortunes. It's So, yeah, it, it just made me laugh when I was looking at 
with the moonlight, the good old horse finishing second, and the Fev Rover pops up, and it didn't, didn't just win; he absolutely ganked yeah, it. So. I saw that. I saw that. I know Shane Murphy. His flight was delayed and never made it over. Oh. Was he meant to ride it? Was he? No, I don't he think he was. He was riding one for. Um, he was riding one for Fuzzy. Oh, Aspen Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did you remember his passport? <laughs> that might have been the problem. <laughs> Foil, foiled again. <laughs> Kev, quick mention RIP Tommy Canan, the patriarch of the Canan family, obviously father of uh, Mick Canan, and you know, a, a well known face on Irish racetracks. Brendan, you'd know that you'd always see him knocking around, but he's a fair age now, he's good innings. And um, yeah, did you know him, Kev? Did you ever? Come across him? Oh, yeah, I would have known him to chat to now. Like, uh, like massive character, like, like so much fun. And and in fairness, look, I, I don't think recent times, and um, very recent times, were great for him. But geez, he was he was a fit man up until very recently. Like, um, if you have a good memory, I stuck up a video on social media. There, God, it must have only been two or three years ago. And um, he was asked. He was back with family for Christmas, and there's a there's a few few drinks taken, and someone obviously challenged them. And he got up in the middle of his kitchen floor and did a handstand and held it. And he, like, dead well into his mid-80s, I'd say. I jumped up and said, you didn't think I could do it, could you? <laughs> you I know, can't. Re- I struggle re- with re- stand re- Oh, I tell you, yeah, literally, there'd be 20-year-olds that couldn't do it, fit 20-year-olds. But uh, great man, great character. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, what a, what a sire as well, you know. Um, produced some, some legends at the turf, and he's, he's a legend himself, so... Um, rest in peace, Tommy, and uh, commiserations to all, all the Canaan family, extended, very big extended family. Um, a legend passes on. Brendan, yeah. you must be related to him, no? No, 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 I can't. Uh, well, maybe, maybe say somewhere back in the deep and distant past, but I, I, I can't claim him in the uh, in the tree. <laughs> yeah, well, stay with you. You know, the ERSI report came out this week with the junior minister, James Brown. Looks like he's not for turning with, with advertising um, from bookmakers. Uh, um, the watershed it looks like, what, three o'clock in the morning till half nine at night. So that kind of rules out advertising of bookmakers around horse racing, live horse racing. And obviously that has an impact on on RMG and Sky Sports Racing to a certain extent as well, but specifically RMG and Racing TV and the deal that was just done by the HRI. HRI came in for a bit of criticism from the minister on a radio interview that he did on Morning Ireland last week when he said that HRI knew that this was happening and, you know, that it maybe wasn't prudent of them to go ahead and do the deal. It's a it's a real conundrum, this one, isn't it? Is there Can you see any light for the trees at the moment around... What seems to be a, a you know a significant, a real significant issue for Irish racing. Yeah, well, what a comment that was to make. Offer from his position, I, I geez, uh, didn't sit terribly well now. And um, like, look, I think we've said it before. Like, I think this minister seems to be on a bit of a crusade, um, for whatever reason. Um, like a, that that report, you know, I think anyone. That knows the way these things work but would have concerns about the report you know you know we know we know how surveys work you know you can you can you can you can spike a survey w- w- with your methodology and the way you pose questions etc you know there's endless examples of that um and i just didn't really like the way it was framed you look at the questions that were asked and um <laughs> you know i think that the conclusion was that there's you know 10 times more problem gamblers in the country than was previously taught but 
Um, then you had the mainstream media picking it up and conflating um, problem, you know, problem gamblers with um, you know, people with addiction, and you know, it just it, it all seemed a, a bit of a pile in um, on on betting and gambling with very little. Um, time being given to the other side of the argument, which in this case are the vast majority of people like um, like ourselves that can that can enjoy a bet and um, do so responsibly and healthily and everything else. Um, and to look at it, I suppose it's a reflection of this um, demonization of um, of betting and gambling that we're seeing at the minute that um, is going to see an awful lot of um, ordinary decent punters um, caught up in it. And um, God, you'd, you'd wonder where it's going to go. And the like the, the the real the thing that kind of grates on me, Barry, about this about the, this the, this piece this piece of legislation, as um as well intentioned and and well meaning and 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 as necessary as a lot of it is, you know, the advertising ban I just think is riddled with hypocrisy because it's it, it's really draconian in how it's going to go about it. And Minister Brown was asked, you know, was asked directly a little while ago. You know, is there a possibility of an exception being made for dedicated racing channels? We all know the the case why, you know, over 18s only. Um, you don't stumble across these channels by accident. You go to them because you want to watch the racing. And he made a comment, um, I'm paraphrasing along the lines that um that it would um essentially it would be wrong to give um a monopoly to two horse racing channels on gambling advertising and it would be anti-competitive, etc. But that misses the elephant in the room which a few others have pointed out in that this legislation doesn't apply to the national lottery so by by if, if this legislation is implemented as it's written he'll actually be giving a monopoly to the national lottery in terms of gambling advertising and that was a, a point that was made in the the esri report that no one really picked up on or certainly didn't put an emphasis on that uh, lotteries and scratch cards were the most common type of gambling in ireland but, you know that that's what the 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 study found and like when you we, we, I know we've, we've joked about it before um on the podcast like but there's a serious point to be made about the national lottery like in terms of um the, the reality of it like I, I looked into some figures there and from their 2021 report right and they the national lottery made sales of just over a billion euros and they paid out prizes of 586 million you know a takeout of like 44 percent you know, imagine imagine the bookmaker offering a product that took out forty four percent. You know, it's 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 just it, it's a it's abysmally high. You know, it's a tax, uh, and I I I mean when I say it, like it is a tax on the on the poor and the stupid, really. Um, and and it's going to it's going to get out completely unaffected by this legislation that is designed to tackle um you know a problem gambling, and yet they're completely given an absolute free ride to. Um, to, to the biggest player in town that offers the worst value to to two betters um in the country um so it just it, it and the hilarious thing is the lottery isn't even owned by the Irish government anymore they sold the license a few years ago um if you don't know I I, I knew it was owned by some investors but it's actually owned by um a Canadian teachers union and they're, they're the majority shareholders in the Irish lottery now so they take out half they give 300 billion or so to good causes every year but um, over a hundred million uh, leaves the country in lottery profits every year to go out to a Canadian teachers pension fund, and uh, these people are going to benefit greatly from from this legislation, and, uh, and that doesn't sit well with me, Barry. I don't know how it sits with the listeners. Um, so <laughs> Minister Brown seems to be on a very big crusade, but he's a there's a giant big Canadian elephant stomping around the room, and he's doing a very good job of ignoring. It. 
Yeah, Brendan, the hypocrisy of the National Lottery being excluded from this ban aside, what's the future for Irish racing here? Well, as I've mentioned before, Barry, my worldview is in shreds. And not, not only that, actually, this has cost me money because my missus is an agent of the state. Would say, would say no more about that. But uh, when 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 we were when we were talking about this, I said to her, "I mean, I mean When I think about it now, I embarrassed by. It. I was only short of patting her on the head, but in a patronising tone. I said, she said to me, I've had a look at the debate stage and the committee stage for this. Like your people weren't very visible in terms of racing it. And I, so I patted her on the head and I said, you don't understand how this country really works. It'll be fine. Someone will come in at the end and fix everything for us. And she said, oh, I don't think they will. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm so confident. I'll give you two to one. And she had her max bet on. From, from, from a risk perspective, a woman having her max bet on, I should have known I was in trouble, right? <laughs> what sort of background have I got in this game? I, I, bet, I bet the old bookmaker when you came out and he limited yeah. her to 67 pence, didn't you? No, no, no. She, 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 she had her max on. Luckily, it's a tenner, so I should just be able, be able to find it. But still, not good from my point of view. But So the only thing I can think, is there any chances, this complete wishful thinking, for me, Barry, that we could have an Irish solution to an Irish problem where the authorities who, I mean, are, are scrambling because I think a little bit like me, the Irish horse racing authorities, if they did see this coming, they didn't take it seriously enough. We didn't mobilise our forces. Now, that works on the assumption of mine that we have forces. Uh, that that we have people who could lobby for us when when, when these when these issues crop up, but uh, that that they didn't mobilise their forces and 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 it's it's too late now at, at this stage. Is there anything that they could say? Right, it's going to cost us X to put this on the television. Can we say when 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 it crops up in twenty five, we want that X added to the grant that we receive from the government? Now, I don't know how that's going to play with the communists and opposition. And indeed, the communists might be in power by the time this comes around. Very, I'm, I've given up predicting the future in this game. Uh, but that's the only real solution that, that I can find. But the, the lady who, who runs HRI Eads, uh, she, she said, now she was very vague on the details of exactly what she was going to do. But she said it was inconceivable that Irish racing wouldn't be available on Irish television screens. And indeed, indeed it is. I mean, you, 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 see, you see the way show jumping has gone, certainly in, in terms of the way it's been consumed uh, by, by TV audience. Well, it's, it's very rarely on the television. So it, it's very easy for a sport to drop off the TV screens and it will be deeply concerning. So that's that's my Irish solution to an Irish problem. I don't know how workable it is, but it's the only thing I can see at the moment. You see, our national broadcaster over here, RTE, shows about 40 days a year, Kev, does it? Mm -hmm. Of racing, yeah, and it's sponsored by Boyle Sports, so that's going to have to come out. It's already a struggling broadcaster who charge a license fee, and a lot of people aren't paying the license fee off the back of various different shenanigans in and around Ryan Tuberty and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, you can see racing coming off terrestrial TV. Like, look into England and the, the white paper that's going through there. Are, are the anti gambling lobby going to take some? confidence from this and 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 try to potentially do the same in the uk sorry the, the the parallels between the white paper over here and what's going on in ireland are, are quite stark aren't they i've got a, i've got a different take on you know 
if this does come to pass, whether or not you know racing TV and Sky Sports Racing will won't be broadcast in, in Ireland, because we'll come on to the transparency and other matters in racing in a moment. But I'd I'd like to know the actual facts and figures behind about behind this and how much you know, how much those channels would would lose if this ban came into force and the ways around it. Now, on ITV and to a lesser degree, but a, a still a, a significant factor. I mean, betting isn't covered as much as it as it has been on 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 the free racing channels, and but surely if that comes into force, um, one are they just kind of like overegging how much you know they'd have to come off air because they couldn't finance it, and two, surely they could incorporate betting content into their coverage more to compensate for the lack of direct advertising. For example, I'm assuming Barry that if this came into play you'd still be allowed to go on racing TV. Um, and I know you don't do it on Sky Sports Racing at the moment, but surely betting content would be allowed more in editorial justified means by the fact that you you going on there or the commentators or the pundits uh, and the presenters actually incorporating betting a lot more to satisfy their existing um, you know sponsors from the bookmaking world. Surely there's a way around it. That they okay. can actually, you can still get the betting content there, but in an editorially justified manner. Two things on that. Firstly, we have asked that question of RMG, and they don't know. And secondly, you're not getting the same impact in terms of running an ad within an ad break, or and talking about your your brand and you know brand awareness as you would. You don't get the same impact from having a representative of the brand talk about very loosely about this horse's X price and. This is our offer in this race. You know, you're not getting that impact. No, but what I'm saying is, I mean, obviously the presenters and the pundits now, you know, some of them do shy away from it. And if they do it, they do it very badly. They do it, you know, they don't do it very factually. But what I'm just saying is, it's I don't think it's a, it's a stark, obviously it's going to be a massive financial hit, but they sh- should be looking at ways to compensate for the potential loss of that. And for a racing TV RMG not to know at this stage, Seems a seems a, a bit bizarre to me, but I, I appreciate the guy who's you know who's going on a crusade over there and isn't for turning. Uh, I appreciate that trying to get those direct you know answers to those kind of questions is, is is very difficult. But it just seems to me is I like as with all things in racing, I'd like to know the numbers and I like to know there is an editorial way around this. Yeah, well, everyone's going to be looking for some sort of circumvent of this. Potentially, you know, if this is to carry through and, and and become law. So I don't know. It's it's a very precarious time for Irish racing and Irish racing fans, both on dedicated racing channels and on terrestrial TV. Um, Brendan, we'll kick on to Fleming's face or Fleming's farce. This is an absolute music mm. of a case. It's just unbelievable. Won a point to point in Knockanow Hill um, for Alan Ahern, tested mm. positive mm. for an illegal substance. Um, 12th of March he he goes he won the point to point the 12th of March and the 10th of April less than a month later he wins a bumper in court for Michael Griffin and tests negative now the permit holder Alan Ahern knew that the horse had tested positive following its its point to point victory and did Michael Griffin know that who knows we don't know it's subsequently sold by Tats to to um, Scudamore and, and Lucinda Russell. The horse gets banned recently for what ten months, and then 
Patterson's taken back. But when you start mm-hmm. trying to pick this case apart, this is just lunatic stuff. Yes, well, I, I, I mean, I suppose that it makes sense to me that the responsibility is on uh, Mr. Ahern. I, I, I mean, what, what did he think exactly was going to happen here? Oh, I'll sell it. I won't mention it to anyone, and it, it, everything will be fine. They'll, they'll just keep the horse uh, for fourteen months. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what what he was thinking, um, because uh, I know uh, the sales ring gets a lot of grief with the shenanigans are, are around it and who's getting credit and uh, what have you. But I, I would imagine, to a great degree, your word is your bond, and that this does this isn't going to do a lot of good for his brand, is it? In terms of selling horses. In, in in the future that people are going to be a bit wary of, di- of doing business with them so it seems like a, a very strange thing for, for for him to do and i i i am inclined to give the authorities a pass on this one because they probably didn't think they probably thought that given people have to protect their reputation in terms of buying and selling horses that no one would do this i suppose the the only thing that that did strike me was that the horses can run in between the failing the A test and the confirmation of, of or indeed if it's disproved with, with the B test. Now, I absolutely understand why that's the case, because if the B test comes back negative, then do, do the authorities owe some compensa- compensation to the connections of a horse that they haven't allowed to run? But it, if it was a higher profile horse running in, say, group one races, and in, in 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 the interim, the, the lag between the A test positive and the B test positive, the horse is allowed to to run and win a Group One. Um, I mean, there's no there's no ideal solution, and my hunch is that the fairest thing is actually what they're doing and allowing them to run. But it'd just be it, it wouldn't read great if if that doomsday scenario came to pass that say a horse did win a Group race or a high high profile race of over fences and it was known that it had failed a test previously so is that how it managed to run in and win the bumper in cork on the 10th of yes. april yeah they, they would so, wait for the b sample to be tested that's it yeah right yeah. okay tony this just this is just an, an unbelievable case like so the owner sits with tattersalls now who have taken the horse back and reimbursed the the owners yeah, I mean, my takeout just, well, I'm not as close to it as you guys. My, my main takeout was uh, Peter Scudamore's comments that it doesn't give you a lot of great deal of confidence in the Irish market. I mean, I think that might be a bit overplaying it. But, mm. um, yeah, that was, like I said, it, it just reads like a farce. And, and like you said, it, if this was replicated in Group 1 kind of like company where, you know, group ones make stallions, etc. And this horse had won the race, and you know, there'd be all kinds of legal kind of like ramifications, you know, if this was higher up the food chain, wouldn't it? But yeah, it's uh, like I said, I think Scudamore's clover kind of like over egging a bit there about you know the wider the wider issues about buying from the Irish market. But uh yeah, it seems uh a mess, shall we say. Kev, you know what really kind of had me scratching my head? The horse was in Lucinda Russell's care and was going to be banned for 10 months till the 24th of August. Like, how is Lucinda Russell anyway? Why should she, you know, suffer the consequences of someone else's actions? Yeah, 14 months. And it's a slightly curious part of the case. 
Um, and and I, I didn't see it kind of explained. I'd love to hear it explained why the horse was banned. Um, because like there is precedent there if horses test positive for, for anabolic steroids that, that, the, that the horses is, um, is banned for a period. There was talk of one time that there'd be lifetime bans for horses to test positive for anabolics. But that hasn't happened in practice. Um, but like the substance in this case uh, was ventipulmin and the clenbuterol, which would the, the product is known as ventipulmin, like which would be like a very, very common thing. Um, if a horse had a snotty nose, like you get ventipulmin prescribed um, by your vet and like it like couldn't be more legitimate in, in that use. Um, you know, the issue here was like the 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 the, the kind of the, the the dog ate my homework type story that was given now. Um, you know, it was pretty. It was a feral reach. Now you can read it there yourself. I won't repeat it, but it was a kind of a long winded story as to how the horse ended up getting Betty Pullman. He thought he was giving it something else, and I uh, gave him gave him a big gulp of Betty Pullman. And um, like you, you can use it legitimately as a therapeutic medication, but it can't be in them. On, on race day and the issue here was that he, he gave the horse venti pullman without um you know veterinary advice and prescriptions etc and that's you know that's obviously a big big no-no um he's he says that he did it completely unintentionally but um you know that 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 is what it is so i can't quite understand why the horse was banned for 14 months when the substance in question you know was a, a you know a legitimate therapeutic medication albeit you know completely misused in this case um, like clenbuterol and fairness would it would get a lot of mentions if you do follow um you know the 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 drugs and racing issue um it, it would have got a big run out in america there many times because the, the thing with it is if you if you abuse it and give the horse loads of it it can seemingly have like like anabolic um anabolic effects but when it's used as the vet intends it to it's a legitimate therapeutic medication um, so it was I was surprising that the horse was banned and and that that is ultimately what gave this case uh, what made it notable of what made the horse um, made Tattersall take the horse back because um, there, there has been cases and I was trying to remember off the tip of my tongue uh, where a horse has won in Ireland and been sold subsequently to England and then a, a failed test came to light. Um, but because there was no horse ban, you know, the world kept turning and they kept the horse and they drove on. Um, but the fact that the horse was banned, you know, obviously Lucinda and Peter left left holding this baby that they can't run for 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 yonks because of something they didn't do. Um, so like deeply unsatisfactory. And as Brendan often says, you'd wonder will lessons be learned. And in a similar case where an adverse analytical finding has been has been found in an A sample, like maybe the responsible thing is that. Um, is that the IHRB, now how would it work? Basically, that, that hold is put on that horse and that sales companies are notified, hey, look, this horse, a sample ha has has come up hot. Yeah. Um, don't sell this horse publicly. You know, and Will that stop people selling them privately? No, but um, the, I, I think public sales companies have to be held to, to a higher standard. And if there is uh, an, an adverse analytical finding floating around, they really shouldn't be offered a public auction. Um, Tattersall didn't know, so you know they you, know, you can't blame them as such. And in fairness, they seem to have very much done the right thing here. I, like I don't think they would have been obliged at all to do what they did. Um, so I'd say they've they've done the right thing here by by their clients. Um, so yeah, big old mess. And while uh, you know Brendan, or sorry, while, while Tony says that um, you know Peter might have been a bit. Um, over egg in the pudding in his comments. Um, 
you know, it's very important for such a trade focused sector, i.e. the point to point sector, um, that things are seen as being um, correct and above board and then integrity is high because when the, the, the whole sector relies on horses being sold, if confidence drops, prices will drop and livings will be affected. So um, this, while Alan Ahern is the um, is the villain per se, um, you know, this this affects everyone in that sector. So, um, yeah, concerning and um, roll out Brendan's motto. Hopefully lessons will be learned. I've just had yeah. a thought, Brendan. You should get down to your GP and get Clem Bruter on to scrub. Your 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 cold and your cough <laughs> and your chesty your chesty condition will disappear. Shut up, Eddie Pullman. We might have to ban you for waiting for fourteen months though. Afterwards, yes, yes, yes. Well, no, 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 period. Tembutal gets a mention in athletics as well, isn't it? It's a very yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Effect. I think it's officially like a like a bronchiolator. I like oh, it opens okay. your airways so that if you've loaded mucus, obviously. Psh, Solves that, but um, some some nasty individuals. Must be it must be involved in your beloved cycling as well, Brendan, isn't it? Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Basically, you like every dark days. Drugs involved, don't you? Yeah, no, 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 no. In the dark days, I I I enjoy watching people suffer. We'll be uh, we'll be all watching Fleming's face career with uh with bait of breath now for sure. None more so than Michael uh, Scudamore himself. He'd be uh. Be interesting to see what he goes on to achieve this horse because obviously he felt he he taught a lot of them. TC will kick on to UK fixture list. It's yeah. imminent, is it? Are we getting it this week? Uh, yeah, I texted someone this morning. Got a text back saying it's one o two to be uh, announced this week. Obviously, everyone's you know not on tender hooks, but everyone wants to know what's happening because obviously premierizations behind the scenes. Um, the BHA wanted to publish it a while back, but then the levy board, the chairman of the levy board, uh, Paul Darling, came on and said, "It's not a given. We need to sign this off, as you know, as it, as befits a kind of like government organisation." But it sounds like it's been agreed behind the scenes, and it sounds like uh, it's going to be announced this week. And it sounds like tomorrow is Tuesday is favourite. So, yeah, everyone will know where they stand. There's been a bit of horse trading behind, you know, fixtures already. Uh, I think it sounds like most courses know what they're going to get uh, in the trial period for the next two years. But Chester over the weekend were buying a couple of fixtures from elsewhere so they can, you know, they can guarantee themselves a course slot. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be just be good to have some kind of like uh, finality on it and some clarity on it. And it sounds like we're going to get that tomorrow. So do you think most of the courses have been briefed already ahead of the fixture list? So it's kind of united front in terms of what what's coming down the line i wouldn't say it's a united front but all the court it sounds like all the courses know uh a lot of the courses have actually published their own fixtures because obviously you know we're getting to the end of the year and you know courses are going to need to to know their finances they're going to need to actually do their marketing pushes as well yeah a lot of a lot of the courses have actually published their their own fixtures for the last two or three uh, two or three weeks or so so they know what's coming down the line it's just like i said there's there's been a bit of horse trading with, you know, Chester buying. I think they bought, bought one off Newmarket. Um, yeah, but, you know, courses where they're guaranteed um, a big crowd, no matter what time of day it is. And Chester in the middle of the middle of the, you know, middle of the city would be one of those. Um, so yeah, but it'd be good to see what's happening. And and obviously, we the, the actual kind of like great thing about it is we should have a spread betting about what's the what's the earliest a meeting is going to start in the UK. I'm going to go for 10.30 in the morning. I'll say 11. 
You're going to go 11, are you? Mm. Are you going to go, Brendan? I went went racing in Navin once at half 11 in the morning. It was was an eight-race card, and uh, it must have been... must have been January or something when it gets when it gets dark if it, if a track wanted to do it could they could could they do like morning racing like they do with the dogs yeah but they were I was chatting like, somebody it'd be, the it'd be horrendous for staff and and horrendous like people wouldn't go but if somebody wanted to put it on like it's solely as a betting product as such I wonder um could they do I it I you see it with the dogs yeah, we're not. Yeah, the, the Irish tracks get paid, don't they get paid very well to put on like super rarely cars, don't they? Someone's yeah. obs- chatting to someone about because this has shades of greyhound racing where they're going to put on fixtures, nobody's going to go, and it'll be effectively behind closed doors. Obviously, that's been muted for a while now. I mean, this is what's going to happen effectively at some of the tracks, you know, especially the all weather tracks and stuff like that, where I imagine you get there and you can get there overnight, s- stable. Um, you know, stable overnight and then just kick on in the morning. There was, I was chatting, like I said, I was chatting something in the ground. And just, I think Harlow Dog Track, I think it starts racing at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, wow. gee, mate, and like I said, and I, I think we might go down that route, especially on the all weather. I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of kind of like behind the scenes, kind of like gossip about ARC and how they want to do, uh, how, how they want to do kind of like effectively racing behind closed doors. But it'd be fascinating to see how early it kicks off. Um, it's, <laughs> it's uh, honestly, it's, I, I do think we're going to get some, some particularly ridiculous ones. And I think today, I mean, I haven't had a look at the card, but someone was saying there's a, there's a 10 race card at Wolverhampton today. And um, it's kind of, I mean, it could be, could be the wild west out there. If, if courses are allowed to, to race whenever they want in that morning slot. Well, there well, you go. Also, there you go. Now, Barry, T- Tony was talking earlier about um, how we could potentially get around the this gambling regulation bill in Ireland, the advertising ban. We've 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 got it now, don't we? The watershed, the watershed is like yeah, yeah. Flood, PM. First right, race right. at nine thirty p.m. Let's go. Floodlight, floodlight racing from eleven o'clock the night before. God, dear. Well, before get the, get the, get the music came... turned up, get the drinks in. <laughs> yeah, be, before any of this came along, I was talking to a man, a very a very wise man. Um, at, at, at the Greyhounds, funny enough, actually, and he said to me that in within three or four years, this was last year, he thought that there would be 14 race cards in Irish racing because he couldn't get mm-hmm. over the costs of actually putting on a meeting and to scale it, try to have as many races as you can possibly have in the, the in, in the one day. So uh, but, maybe- but we, we, we need we need more all weather tracks. So, Brent, I've talked about it before, the all weather future. Uh, yes. like it's, it's grossly inefficient the way most of these tracks are run. You know, they're running around on grass there. They can't take more than a few races, um, you know, uh, on a card every couple of weeks. You know, get get the, get the all-weathers in. and have, Didn't Dundalk actually lose two fixtures uh, for 2020? I think the fixture list is being positioned in anticipation of, of um, Tipperary, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, still a long, maybe, it's still a long way off. They still have maybe a broken be, ground there yet. Maybe being chastised for their flirtations with uh, with Sky oh, Sports Racing. Yeah, very, That's what they can do for you, Brendan. They can do, they can do <laughs> 10 till 12 and then allow you to watch your golf in the, in the race course bar from, from 12 to 4, then kick off again, yeah. can't they? Uh, well, James, yeah. James Brown isn't realizing the, the the punting utopia he's inadvertently creating here. <laughs> You're saying yeah, no, a bit low, Kev. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. My dream actually is for uh, is for one day. I mean, I'd have to go racing for this to happen. But back in the day when I used to go racing, my dream was that if I was running late one day, an announcement would come over the tannoy to say we're delaying the first. A friend of Duke hasn't arrived yet. I think I've, that's it. I've finally, you know, I've conquered Irish racing. If that ever happens, DC World Pool. Yeah, contributions to UK and Irish racing. Where do we see them? Well, we don't, do we? Um, it's very simple. It's about the transparency factor that I was coming to earlier. I'd link it into the kind of like media payments because um, whenever, a, you know, David Armstrong or the RCA are asked about race course media payments and stuff like that, you just don't get any answer whatsoever. And I mean, how sustainable is that when we're talking about finances in this country falling off a cliff and maybe in Ireland uh, very soon as well? Um now, obviously, Whirlpool, they pay for a lot of content. I mean, and over the weekend, there was kind of, it was like Whirlpool weekend, wasn't it? It was like um, in all kind of places. I think they did the Turnbull Stakes and stuff like that in Australia. And it just occurred to me that obviously you get a lot of pay for columns, like I said here, you know, recommended all sorts. And I just, and I just, and all the racetracks come out and say, um, you know, it's it's great. We can add to the prize money next year and stuff like that. I mean, Adam Waterworth at Goodwood, I remember him being interviewed during the Glorious meeting and he just said, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a godsend. We're getting all this money in. Um, how much money are they getting in? How much, what percentage are we getting of the increased pools? I'd like to know how many, you know, Whirlpool being obviously massively kind of like um, promoted by, ITV racing and the racing channels, obviously they they get all their kind of like returns integrated into the official um, official kind of like results sections over here, which I've got an issue with. I just want to know how much money is coming back into the sport. And I, I also want to know is, I mean, a lot of the money, it's such a great size pools. And obviously, you know, Hong Kong is the driver here. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know how much increase has happened in in the UK market about people betting on the tote and things like that. I just think my own, I haven't got any problems with the money coming to the sport. It's massively needed. But my my problem from day one with the whirlpool is just some transparency over the numbers. And I, I just like to know, so say like 25 billion was bet on the whirlpool in 2022 on our designated races. Of that, X amount is going to English racing. Uh, and, and presumably an Irish racing as well, because obviously the Whirlpool is in operation over there. I just like to know the numbers. Now, you know, they might just say it's commercially sensitive, as they always did say about that. So they say that about the media payments rights. But um, so I think some transparency, some openness will go a long way into kind of like, you know, easing people like my cynicism uh, about this. Just just give us the numbers, even if it's just a, a round ballpark figure about what the racehorses are offering. Yeah. Yeah, that's a watch and brief for that for now. Finally, let's say a wade-in farewell to Frankie TC, staying with you. Frankie is back in the news. Mm. He is he going? Is he staying? Who knows? Who cares? I, I, but I, it's I some goodbye journey. Don't look, I'm a, I honestly do think this. I think it's a Stuff that the media like, um, the the racing channels, the racing post. But how many times have they spun this story already? Um, and I don't think the wider public really care. I mean, at the start of the season, yeah, great. You know, give it a couple of spins. 
But every bloody interview now, it's like after Ascot on the week, um, Newmarket and Ascot on the weekend, it's kind of like, you know, Willie Wonty, you got Gosden chipping in and stuff like that. you got Frankie being in, interviewed right, left and centre, saying the same thing for about the 20th time. Um, you know, and then uh, extended to Hong Kong, you know, riding in California over the winter. It's just, it, it's tiresome, isn't it? I mean, it is, isn't it? I mean, come on. I just everyone in the media puts up a front. Oh, it's really interesting, Frankie. You can tell Frankie's just dying a death every time he does the same interview. It's kind of like it's uh, after the. Uh, why, why yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's anybody. I'm not saying it whose fault it is. I'm just saying the reality of the situation is you can't expect people being to be engaged by a story that's been regurgitated week in week out. Yeah, so don't be a tart. Why Why would anyone announce their <laughs> retirement that far in advance? It's ludicrous thing to do. Because the, 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 it's, it's, people like you stick up for me on the mercenary story. front, Brendan. That's why. Oh, no, no, absolute bans for you with that uh, look on Sunday. So uh, Neil Channing was on the ideas. There's some farewell dinner. I can't remember exactly what he said. Yes, I think it's 750 yeah, yeah. quid a plate. And yeah. Tom Marcant, who's always good value and fairness, it's the end. I just saw a little clip, and it's the very end of the clip. Absolute mic drop. And Marcant says, well, I don't think Frankie would be giving them their money back. And the clip just ends. Absolutely beautiful. Stuff. Funny enough, someone texted me about Channing. So I haven't, I didn't, I've given up watching most uh, racing kind of like channels and stuff like that. But someone texted me and said, you'd love Channing on here. He said, I think he's having an unnamed pop at you. Uh, but so I'll have to go and look at that. But Channing sold his Channing is just sold his ass to the media. It's as soon as he as soon as he got on <laughs> racing TV once a month. On. <laughs> as soon as he got on racing TV once a month, he's been institutionalized and he's got a, he's become part of the Nick Luck establishment establishment company. It's like terrible. Channing, I'm look, I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to bring you later. Neil, that's not a fair reflection of everyone on this show. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> Funny enough, we we had we had a we had a I got a, I got a cab back to London with uh, Neil after uh, Bert's poker night, and there was three of us in the in the car, and me and Neil just spoke non-stop about racing things for forty five minutes. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but uh, we 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 can have a we can have a lively debate about many things in racing, and and still that be friends at the end of it. Although I did pay for the cab actually. <laughs> okay, lads. If there's Frankie wouldn't have paid, would he, Brendan? Look, he he likes money. That's not a crime. But I, <laughs> in, in terms of just, if there's any professional sports people out here, think about retire, thinking about retiring. My advice to you is absolutely just retire. Don't announce the year in advance. It's tedious. Depends how much money you want. If you want to financially maximize your retirement for you, there's honest. an un, there's a story. <laughs> there must be a story here, but nobody's that mercenary and that tight. I mean, I know he's going down the list. Long, be long time retiring. I, 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 know he's, um, I know he's going down the Leicester picket route, but something must be up here and there in the background. We've we said it from the start. Why would you know it's kind of like he could stay racing and get his 10% of these in spirals every other week. It's just bizarre. I reckon there's something behind the scenes. I reckon I reckon there could be divorce proceedings and he's getting his... Let's, oh, let's, oh, 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 let's not speculate. Oh, let's not speculate. Oh, <laughs> let's leave it at that. On the, on the week that... Obviously, TC is going to miss Frankie's flying dismounts. You're going to miss it, TC. On the week that 
Brendan's partner was heavily stake factored, and on the week that Kevin is <laughs> selling, what are you selling, Kev? Give us a give us a heads up on what's for I've sale. Got, I've, I've won. I have a dark angel selling today. That that's particularly nice, and I have a star spangled banner coat selling tomorrow. That's um, they're the two best I have anyway. So if if the ghost of Osama bin Laden came up to inspect it and offered you a, a, half a million for it, would you would you buy his hand? I, I'd, I'd give him a cup of tea, some biscuits, and say thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and you, you, you'd be absolutely right. The, the Obama family are a very respected uh, business and prominent business family in the Middle East. And Osama's a the bit bit Haddens rather than the Obamas. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, sorry. The, 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 the apologies. The Bin Ladens, a uh, very respected family in 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 the Middle East, uh, who who unfortunately had a black sheep. But what family doesn't have a black sheep? And like like all owners. Like all owners into this great game, I celebrate Mr. Bin Laden because they are effectively subsidizing our, our hobby and I hope the horses run well for him. Okay, well, let's leave it on and that. If he, and if he needs a racing manager, Brendan Duke will be there. Oh, yeah, 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 very much so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll have to kick Richard Knight out of uh, out of bed to, and get into, to get into bed with them. Bin Laden. Uh, Brendan, you are, you've disappointed me. God, dearie me. You literally, you literally are a defender of anybody, aren't you? Well, my, yeah, my, my, yeah, myself and Neil Channing were in the cab once talking about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who paid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, guys, on that note, we're going to wrap yeah. it up. Don't forget, everyone, back with um, Racing Only Better on Thursday, looking at the weekend's action and TC's 8 a.m. briefing on Twitter Spaces is live at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. So watch out for that. In the meantime, gamble responsibly. And Vanessa, you'll be glad to hear, is back in the hot seat next Monday. Thanks for listening.